racing only better. We've got a huge weekend of sport. We've got some jump racing. We've got some flat racing over in the UK. And of course, we've got the Breeders' Cup, which is where I am. Have I managed to shoehorn in the Breeders' Cup enough times this week? I don't think so. Uh, so I'm just going to keep pushing that. I'm having a great time. You guys all back at home. How come, Kevin Blake, how come you're not on the gravy train? Honestly, this is it. This is, I'm surprised you're not here. Uh, well, I did, I did ring up and looked to, look to book a ticket aboard, Vanessa, but they said, sorry, all full. Vanessa Riles taking up a carriage to herself. No room for me at all. So I'm, I'm still in Golan. Bisto Blake. You, you can imagine the the people who are on the gravy train, can't you? Like you could re you guys. Could oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could, I could on, guess them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we Same, same old soldiers. Reeling them off, but we won't do that, will we, TC? <laughs> Nope. No. <laughs> uh, Dan, how are you getting on? Yeah, I'm good. I must come. I thought it was a very amusing thing in the week. Um, do you see that poll that was somebody had put up with real devilment saying, "Would you rather go for a pint with Calvin or Hewick?" Um, oh, I saw it. So obviously, it's designed for everybody to answer Hewick because that's the funny answer, etc. But <laughs> the funniest part is 25% of people answered Calvin. They've properly thought about it. They've gone, you know what? <laughs> Hewitt would be all right, and he's very progressive. I but I didn't see that. But the amount of DMs I sent after that, I don't have his. I don't have his shit. What he eats or drinks, any horse or any animal. It's the fact that he actually went into a, a little pub with a horse. I mean, what could possibly go wrong there? So all these arseholes okay. having a pop at me saying, "Oh, oh, oh!" I've got, you know, I've got, I've got horses this... eating little curly little jelly things and saying, "Oh, Calvin's going to really get upset." About it. <laughs> <laughs> so I just do one. Like I say, I this even. Is um... rant. This is a rant for Wade in. This isn't. This isn't. No, no, not really. We're going to discuss it. We need to hurry up. I'm meeting Hewitt for a pint in half an hour. Yeah, we uh, we will discuss this on Wade In on Monday. But in the meantime, <laughs> do not forget, guys, uh, Betfair offer Friday and 10, get 10 on racing multiples both days. So do uh, make use of that offer if you so wish. We have some Friday races to discuss. So let's get cracking. Holden Gold Cup at Exeter. Um, third time lucky. Current favourite, 15 to 8. Warlord next best. Well, co-favourites, 15 to 8. Grenatine in there, 9 to 4. Uh, small field, Dan Barber, but an intriguing contest, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, we well, similar setup to usual. There's often, well, very often a short prize favourite in it. I thought third time lucky will be shorter than that 15 to 8, and I suspect he might start. So it's his time of year. We know he's a sort of horse that probably gets himself fit a bit. He's very eager. If it was Exeter on heavy ground, I'd be lukewarm. But they've, I mean, they're they're struggling, aren't they? And they have been for a while. It's still on. I think they're still calling it good. So in a race that I think will test speed, and with Grenatine off the same mark as when he seemed to just be having a bit of a run out last season, I mean, it looks fairly thin to be honest. It looks a bang match to me. Dolos isn't in his sandown race. Other them's miles out of the weights. Fifteen to eight in a match against Warlord. When I think he's a faster horse and probably a better horse, I thought that was perfectly acceptable. Yes, like you're thinking there. I'm aboard the third time lucky train as well. Uh, Kev, what about you in the Holden Gold Cup? Yeah, I'd be with Warlord and um, narrowly. Um, I, I just think this might be more of a priority for him than the others. Um, Joe Tizard seems to have him in great form. He's having winners for crack. And um, yeah, I just like Grenatine, I suspect they'll use this as a stepping stone. I know he won it on, a, on his return a couple of years ago, but generally 
he's taken a real good step forward from first start to second and third time lucky. I think he's always going to be a horse that might be better with a run under him because he can be quite, um, you know, quite free yeah, and, um, and you know, a small field as well. I could just see, see it, you know, him jumping to the front way earlier than, than, um, than Harry Skelton wants to. Um, so Warlord, I think he, he might just be a little bit more um, tractable. He might be able to stalk and he might be able to go and get a, a big win in the past, nice and early in the season. Okay, one vote for Warlord, two votes for third time lucky. On the two o'clock, uh, the 205 on Friday, the WKD hurdle, the grade two over the two miles, one furlong there. Uh, if you thought the Holden Gold Cup, as the boys have said, is a match race between Warlord and Third Time Lucky, then the WKD hurdle really is a match between Pie Piper and Phil Dore on the betting e- anyway. Pie Piper four to seven, Phil Dore six to four, and next best 25 to one. So um, who wins it, Kevin? Um, I think Pipe Piper probably does. I think he's a faster horse than Phil Dore. Um, I Phil Dore, I think the plan is to go chasing after this. Uh, yeah, you know, with all the four-year-old allowances, but Pipe Piper is it, it, just faster. I think. Like I like I, I really like Phil Dore. Like I, I I was with him in the Triumph last year and a few other occasions. I, I it gives me I'm the hopeful impression he's going to be class over a fence. You know the way. He yeah. Is. Like and I think he'll stay further as well. You know the thing back in the last season, he was finishing second a good bit, and I just felt they weren't making enough use of him over two miles. Like I think he was crying out for a stronger test, and he won't necessarily get that here. I could see them kind of cantering around, and Piper Piper would just outspeed him um, before maybe going on to better things as Phil Dore goes over fences and makes hay. But yeah, Piper Piper, he's odds on, but he he should be. It's a dead match, like you say, and uh, he should get the job done hopefully in straightforward style. Is it as simple as that, Dan? Probably, yeah. It's a bit of a hornet's nest, this race, isn't it? You've got two horses from the same stable, as Kev's outlined. One looks like he's going on a completely different path to the other. And Pied Piper's the one who's had the run. He's the one they've made favourite. Um, I'd be sitting it out for betting purposes, undoubtedly. I mean, if I could get these prices at the back end of last season, I'd have been all over field, though. But the, the picture's rather different now. So I'll side with Kev as well. A veil of the bet 10, get 10 on racing multiples and do a nice little double with third time Lucky and Pie Piper. Happy days. That's mm. the job on Friday. <laughs> uh, TC, before we leave Friday, why are you, why are you laughing, Kevin? That's a funny recommendation, but there we go. Lengthen your multiple. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's an option for someone out there. Um, TC, before we move away from Friday... You should be giving us quinellas and all that crap for when you're out in the shouldn't you? Hey, look, I'm here for these exotics now, honestly. <laughs> Box exactors and all that crap. And, and just so you know, as soon as I come home, it's going to be their, their starting gates, not stalls. I've, I've, I've converted yeah. massively. Um, before we move away from Friday, TC, uh, you've done a tipping column, obviously. You've got three, yeah. three to go out on Friday. Just wrap yeah. them up. Um, I actually quite like for actually all at prices on on Friday because um, we've got uh, 19 races on ITV on Saturday, but we've got some interesting ones on Friday as well. Uh, the first one's Bonnie Brezel in the two mile five mares um, handicap hurdle. Um, originally 16s, and she's into about 10 or 12s now, but I think she's really interesting. She showed promise over two miles in three starts last season. Obviously, very lightly raced. I think the step up to two mile five will really suit that one. I think she's on a fair mark and going up in trip uh, over a trip that the Dan one off. Uh, I thought that's interesting. I thought 
I don't know if time forms still do those trainer uplifts, but I'd have Pylon going from Philip Hobbs to Christian Williams as a uh, as a plus there. Uh, Williams, the only one doubt about here, Christian Williams' horses are running like dogs. Uh, you know, they're running like drains. So that's a worry. So I'm, I'm going to back Pylon regardless, win only. Um, you know, Christian Williams, like I said, he's got a well-handicapped horse here. He showed nothing in two uh, starts over fences back in 2020, but partly Pylon's off a mark of 131 on, on his fencing debut for Williams, and that's just a gift on his hurdles forms. This is a horse that finished a, a short head second of 138 in a Martin Pipe. Last time he ran off a mark of 131, albeit over hurdles, one by five lengths. So if Williams has got this one ready, uh, pile on his handicap to go very well, you know, obviously if he's got his jumping sorted. And the last one's uh, in Ireland, Down Royal. I didn't think I'd find a bet uh, in the ITV races at Down Royal, but in the two-mile uh, handicap chase, Espion de Chenet won the race last year of a much, much lowlier mark. He's won twice since, uh, including a good race at Punchestown uh, in May. He's only only £4 higher here. And go and have a look at that run at court last time off a break. You know, to say to say he wasn't put in the race was is saying it mildly. Uh, if that's a tee up job for another repeat bid, uh, early fourteens and twelves has trimmed in a bit to tens, but I think tens is still fair. So, those are the three I put up in my betting dot betfair column for Friday. Okay, like it. Uh, let's move on to Saturday. We're going to start at Wincanton and with you, Dan. Uh, the twelve forty is the handicap hurdle. Uh, two miles, five furlongs. Lady Adair, the likely favourite in this, coming here off the back of these wins, um, taking on well the likes of Winhouse, who's won over the course and distance. Both of them off their summer breaks. Where are you at in this race? I think there's a bit of a waller in here. A big Rick for old, um, for old <laughs> Betfair Forum. Waller, where is he now? <laughs> yeah. um, surely next door to Alice can't be that price. And I don't think she will. Well, if she is, I'd be very concerned. But um, it's a race in which the market is made by the unbeaten Lady Adair. She was entered, wasn't she, for the, the mayor's race at Weatherby last week, won by Molly Ollie's Wishes, but was taken out of the 48-hour stage. She's going to make the market, but I don't think she's run to 130 yet. And 28 grand handicap, it's all right, but they might have bigger fish to fry. Rose of Arcadia won a weak race, and prior to that, I've been basically disappointed, hadn't she, under rules? Um, you can have as a possible threat because she's got a good record fresh, but I just think next door to Alice has got a really good chance. Some of her early season form last season is really strong. She split. Holly Hartingo and Miss Fairfax one day try to give them weight after a win at Donny. And then she tried to run the finish out of Theatre Glory, who ended up rated about £25 higher. So, yeah, you've got to forgive a blob on a final start last season, but she's a really uncomplicated, free-going front runner. Harriet took a claim in seven for the first time. The handicap has eased her. Hales has had a winner in a few plays recently, first time out. Yeah, I'm, I, I can't have her at 16s for a second I'd say she shouldn't even be half that price I'd have had a sixes or fives or something wow a Rick I like it um, well, a big Rick. yeah um 115 <laughs> the rising stars novices chase Kevin <laughs> fabulous making a belated chasing debut here but I think a bit I don't know I'm a bit weird about that six to five at the moment Sebastopol with the experience 11 to four hang in there seven to two um, yeah, I'm keen to, to tame up fabulous on, I think, in this race. 
Yeah, God, it would be difficult to be bullish about him at the price, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, like, look, he Sebastopol is the interesting one against him, and look, Sebastopol is, is enter is is rated five pounds lower. Um, you know, on, on their on their relative form, and has to give McFabulous five pounds, so you can you can see why. But God, it, it seems chancy. You know, Chase debut, like you say, at this stage of his life, um, didn't always look the fullest of horses, if you know what I mean. He looked a bit empty at times. McFabulous, um, when he was good, he was very good. But yeah, Sebastopol, I think you have to go if you if you if you pin me down, it would have to be Sebastopol. Um, I think the, the course and distance is going to suit him well. Like he has all that experience over fences. Um, ground's not going to be an issue, I don't think. Yeah, I think of the two, and those are the two I've found myself focusing on. I think you'd have to go with, with Sebastopol and look if Mac Fabulous comes and drills him on his handicap debut and on, on his chasing debut. Fair play to him, but at those odds, it's a, it's an easy choice. Uh, any any ricks in here, Dan? Um, no Wallers, maybe I don't know an Astley. Um, <laughs> don't think of the Ricks. I've been out of Ricks. Um, I'm with Henry. Uh, uh, Richard Henry. Who's that? Henry Ricks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I'm with Sebastopol as well. Unusually, okay. as Kev says, an unusually experienced and battle hardened novice. I know he used to be. He was a bit of a comedy figure for a while, wasn't he? he kept finishing second. Um, but he has got his act together. I think even the Swinton runs really good off a high mark, and he's just the one who's going to expose any holes in McFabulous. So I, I reckon in an ideal world, they'd have gone chasing with him when he was six or seven, but they sort of persisted thinking he could be a top-class staying hurdle. It never quite happened. Um, yeah, fairly fairly simple case. I mean, you got Mort and hanging there to ensure a truly run race. That'll put pressure on McFabulous, and Sebastopol will just creep his way around and, and hopefully pick them up like, Okay. The 61st Badger Beer Handicap Chase over three miles one TC is next race on the Wincanton card for us. Frodon giving lumps of weight away to everything at four to one. And Rillo, nine to two for the same train. Obviously, Paul Nichols, Captain Ord from the yard that's apparently out of form. Christian Williams, five to one. Um, where are we going, TC? Um, I suspect the same way as Kev's leaning and <laughs> um, yeah, I think mean, Frodon is off the mark of 158. Is he's going to kick these out of the way, isn't he? Um, I know Paul Nichols is a bit worried. You know, he's not the not the horse he was. Um, he's giving it giving it a wind up. Um, so I think he's probably a win-only proposition as a guards to an each-way proposition and the sportsbook are playing four places here. But yeah, for the mark of 150, I mean if, if he was gearing him up for that grade one in uh, in Dow Royal at the weekend before soft ground intervened, then he should be beating these. I mean, granted there's quite a few to take him on up front, but he's he's you know he's kicked aside much better horses from the front than these in the past. And he's won first time out four of his last you know six seasons racing. Uh, the last time he raced off a mark as low as 158, he won the old Rowan. Um, yeah, man, look at this race, and they're all out of form. I know you've got past winners here, suited by conditions. We should mention the conditions, even though they've had a shitload of rain there, very much like Newbury today. We're recording this at three o'clock on uh, on Thursday. Um, the ground is still on the quick side at Wincanton. They've got more due, but not a great deal more due, so the ground should be actually ideal for him, good ground. Yeah, Froding should act classy. Normally, I salt when I miss the prices, and 
just before, actually, for 15 What price was it, TC? What, sorry? What's the biggest he's been this week? Well, he was 12 to 1 uh, early in the week, but don't let that put you off because he's now 4 to 1 and maybe about 5 on the exchange because he was 12 to 1 there because everyone thought he was going to down Royal. So yeah. it's not like you've missed the price because obviously he, if he said they were going for wing cannon, he'd have been 4 and 5 to 1 anyway at the start of the week. So it's not like I'm sulking because I missed the 12s. That the twelves is an irrelevance. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, so, he could outclass these. Is 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 that the way, Kevin? Graded horse in a handicap just going to outclass this lot? You know, with, with the help of some extremely generous handicap, and again, <laughs> they dropped him six pounds for a run at Cheltenham, where he returned. You know, lame after being struck into. You know, in, in most jurisdictions if, if you come back with it with a veterinary issue you know the run is disregarded for handicapping purposes but they've gone and dropped them six pounds because that's what they're doing at the minute uh, it makes him look very well in you can rely on paul nichols to have him revved up to the max um you know if he was aiming him for down royal you know you remember last year like he said this is his this is his derby this is his gold cup rev the ears off him and he went and won there so um like he, he ran to his mark of 167 that day down royal all of it um, so he won't need to be in that even in that sort of form to defy one five eight here. So um, yeah, he's he's the clear bet in the race for me. Clear bet in the race. Two votes for Frodon. You're gonna make it. Yes, Where have you gone, V? I'm here. She's back. She's back. Frozen. <laughs> just went into slow motion for effect there. She's just back. Frozen off that way. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I um, narrowed it down to three and then you check the betting and the first three in the betting. Um, I think the price is about, what, eight to 11, five to four couple that one of Enrilo, Frodon or Captain Ord wins it. There'll be people backing football teams at four to five without hesitating this weekend. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I totally understand that he is the most likely winner in that sense because he is a class apart from them potentially and the handicap has been generous. And the last time he had a wind up, he, that was prior to winning that old run that, that Tony referenced. And he's had a second one since since we last saw him. But I don't think giving a stone or so to Enrillo if he's back on song is a complete gimme. And then you've got Captain Nord looking at the bottom. I'd sort of have them in that order, really. One, two, three, in, in order of preference. Okay. Um, let's move on to the elite hurdle, three o'clock at Wing Canton. Stick with you, Dan. Sco Royale, the favourite, 11 to 10. Nappers Hill, 15 to 8. Miltwood, 11 to 2. And Knight Salute at a huge price at 8 to 1, really, in just the forerunner field. Um, is this so Royals to lose, so to speak? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, this is just yeah. his race, isn't it? He's running it yeah. three times, dating back to 2016. He's won all three. He tends to follow the very same path every year. He's electric early in the season. Then the better horses start to emerge and the ground worsens and his powers sort of wane. But you can just you can just so rely on him at this time of the campaign and just the tried and trusted. If, if, you, if you try to get him beaten, it is absolutely on price alone, isn't it? But I can't see any... I, I like to find something, a negative somewhere, and I, I can't find it. Okay. What about you, Kev? Yeah, I'd be in the same camp. You know, this is a, you know another one of these grade twos that would be far more interesting if it was a handicap. Um, but so Royal, as Dan says, it's kind of his thing, isn't it? His time of year. He's got race fitness now. He's probably going to cruise around there and 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 nip all these 
um, before, you know, being found out later in the season, which is kind of the way it goes with him. So, yeah, that's the way I was leaning to. Okay, well, so far we've tipped up a load of short price favourites. So let's head up to Aintree and try and mix it up a little bit in the 10th series qualifier, three miles, one furlong down. Come on, give us a Actually, you, to be fair, you've given us a big price course already, but give us something away from the top of the market, surely here. Um, just run, spin them again. Spin through them again, please, V. You've you got, got uh, Milan Bridge, 7 to 2, Johnson's Blues, 6 to 1, Remastered, 6 to 1, Flight Deck. Oh, sorry, I missed the actual favourite that. How do you say it? Gerrick Rock. Gerrick Rock. Yeah, for Tom Scudamore, David Pipe, three to one at the top of the market. And then Milan Bridge, seven to two. Um, that's, my, that's my pet hate, actually. People coming to a podcast and not knowing the prices of the races. I wanted, I wanted to uh, I wanted to cover that one. I thought you were going to say people, I thought you were going to say people coming onto podcasts and not being able to say the name of the favourite in one of the races. So really, <laughs> that's also a bit of a sin in fairness, but I didn't see him there at the top. Um, Johnson's Blue 6-2, Remastered the 6-1, um, Flight Deck 13-2, Ashtown Lab 8-1, Liz Nagar Oscar 8-1. Thank you. Saying, uh, I'm saying Remastered shouldn't be the price he is. Um, he was third in the race last year when Disha Abba was second. And for some reason, Disha Abba finds himself five pound higher and Remastered finds himself a pound lower. And obviously, I'd sooner skew was on because that would suggest he was he was the, the first string. But Jericho Rock and Remastered almost certainly have the Hennessy as was on the mind. And you're gonna ride if you skew, you're gonna ride Jericho Rock, aren't you? Because he's the horse with more potential. But Early last season, remastered to me looked like he was going to win a Hennessy, and he came into it on the back of a good run from a higher mark in this race. So, yeah, I'd have had him shorter than that. Okay, remastered six to one should be shorter, according to Dan. What about you, Kev? Milan Bridge for me. Um, I'd say that the the viewers slash listeners know how I like to approach these qualifiers at this stage. You're looking for the ones that um that that are rated low enough that they're highly motivated to try and win them, and uh, Milan Bridge would be. In that category, because he wouldn't be high enough to get into a pretense final just yet. But if he won this, he'd probably be in a lovely little zone for it. So um, he progressed very well back in the last season. He's already done it in a handicap at Hereford, um, you know, off only a, a seven pound lower mark and won a, a novice after that. Um, you know, stays well, ground's going to be fine. And yeah, look, I thought he'd lovely progressive profile. He he's, fits the type of profile I like for this type of race. And um, yeah, Milan Bridge for me. Okay, uh, what we're saying about the Grand Sefton TC um, um, next race on the card? Yes. Broken Halo, nine to two favour at the moment. Two for gold in there, six to one. You have a strong view in this TC? Yeah, I've had a bet. Uh, I backed uh, at the games a couple of times already today. I backed him at elevens and I backed him at tens. Um, he's tens with the sports book playing four places. Um, I think he's if he if he jumps out of quickly, I think he'll again he won't be out the first uh, the first four. Well, he'll, he'll struggle to be anyway. I know he's a a non-winner and he's a bit of a subject of ridicule because you know he hasn't got his head in front since 2018. But he's got loads in his favour here, coming off a really good run at Fakenham, got put up two pounds for that. But I think that was a strong handicap for the for for the course. Um, he's finished fifth in a Topham on good soft ground. I'm working on the basis of soft ground at entry on Saturday. So I think two mile five on soft ground will really will really suit for a horse that stays three miles. Um, you know, he may be a bit of a non-winner, uh, but he's got everything you look for 
uh, as, as a possible winner uh, going into this race, apart from that kind of like killer instinct maybe. But yeah, tens each way, four places with the sports book. Um, yeah, I've had a good bet on that horse, um, uh, tens and elevens each way. I don't know if it was just me there, but I, I missed the horse. You're actually the name of the horse. Spirit oh, of the Games. Sorry, I thought the fact non-winner might have given it away, but yeah, sorry, apologies. Uh, Spirit of the Games each way. Got it, got it, got it. Right, that makes more sense now. Sorry. Um, he did say he did say it in fairness, Vanessa, you just missed it. I think I just missed it. I, I'm on Racecourse Wi-Fi right now, and you were, you were going on the field, and I was looking down the thing, and I was like, who on earth is he talking about here? But now, great Wi-Fi, some of the great Wi-Fi. Sorry, I think I was like, <laughs> you just love getting that in, Dan, don't you? Um, give us your grand theft and fancy, please, Dan, and uh, say the name clearly. Senior citizen. Would you have me to do it in the phonetic alphabet as well? I won't do that. Um, <laughs> I mean, lifetime would be quite interesting, isn't he? He's proper class horse, second season chaser. I can see him pinging around here because he's a really good jumper. And one five one, I think, is quite lenient on the Capadano second at Punchy. But just senior citizens' record around this track. He's run, run over the national fences four times. He's been placed on three of them. And the one time he wasn't placed, it was in this race on heavy ground, and he absolutely tanked through it and just didn't get home. I just think you back him each way. Um, did we say additional places? Whether there are or not, you're going to get a massive run for your money. Four places at TC. I haven't got that confirmed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Senior citizen at seven to one currently. Uh, Kevin, do you have a view in this? Don't worry about the extra places here, Vanessa. It's about lifetime ambition. Pew, pew, pew. He could be he's great, gonna, couldn't he? He's going to put on a show, I reckon. Yeah. I, I really like this horse last season. You know, um, long-term sufferers um, slash viewers slash, slash listeners might recall. Um, he was brilliant when he won his maiden chase last year. Jumped as well as you as you'd see any first time out over fences jump. Um, and I think he, he jumped so well that he kind of, gave his connections the thought that he might be better at charter and they went that way with him. And um, it was only at the back end of the season that they went back the other direction and started to stretch out his stamina. And uh, as Dan mentioned, he, he ran really well in the, the grade one at the Punchestown Festival over an extended three miles. But I think this distance will suit him really well. And look, just the, the, the jump. I know these fences aren't what they used to be, etc. But you'd like to think a really good jumper would still gain an advantage by being a really good jumper over them so look I, I suspect Sean O'Keefe will buck him out prominent there hopefully make the run and um, I'm hoping he might put on a bit of a show and stamp his class on this field okay hopefully getting away with the Irish then um, final race from Aintree the two mile four hurdle Bruno up a storm is the favourite Dan at five to four Langa Dan seven to four um, Dashiell Drasher making his reappearance at 130 Oh, those are the top three, really, in a four-runner race. Where, where, where did you go? Well, if it was a points system, I'd be half a point, no more, and it'd be a half a point win on Dashiell Drasher on the basis that Ooh. he might get a soft lead in um in a small field like this. Bruno up a storm will do his usual thing, which is sometimes look a bit sluggish and get going late. He won the race last season in what was probably a stronger renewal, but it was proper at-the-death stuff. He, wasn't, he didn't coast home by any means. Langadan... I guess he won't come alive until the spring again and Aintree and Cheltenham. That seems to be the plan. And then I think Vladarev's slightly out of his grade. So, yeah, half a point win. If we're going to be specific, Dash will dress you, please, at 100 to 30. What about you, Kev? Yeah, I, I, I wanted to like Dash will for this. 
um, for reasons Dan mentions, but I was just being made a bit spooky by his record fresh. It, it just would concern you a bit. It seems quite pronounced uh, and that's worrying. Langer, Dan, I'm kind of mystified as to why they're running here because uh, as we all remember, he was the, the subject of one of the more generous bits of handicapping there pre-Cheltenham last year. Before uh, the, I think I think we I think we might have all made him a nap going to Cheltenham on the basis of it, only for him to be brought down at the second in the Martin Pipe and then go and win at Haintree after off the same mark. But anyway, um, I would have thought a very funny race to run him in because he's wrong at the weights, badly wrong at the weights. He's rated 145 now, you know, so he'd be he'd be fine for a repeat bit at the Martin Pipe if they minded that mark a bit. But his mark would be very vulnerable here. If he, if he runs well. So I thought it was a funny place to start him back. Um, and brewing up a storm, I thought was almost a process of elimination job. Like he goes particularly well fresh. He's won this race before. Um, it'll it'll be an important race, I'd imagine, in Ollie Murphy's mind for him, because it's a good pot, um, despite lack of any, any, you know, just a conditions race, but a very valuable one. And I thought he might be the one to, um, to go and do it, almost as a process of elimination, as mentioned. But yeah, brewing up a storm. Okay, uh, let's head over to Doncaster TC. Uh, three flat races to get through over their last meeting of the year on the flat, obviously, for them. Art Power, nine to four favourite in the Wentworth Stakes. Kurt, well, coming here off the back of his champion, Champions Day run behind Kin Ross. Comanche Falls had such a consistent season, 100 to 30. Uh, Summergan, the old boy, had a brilliant season as well, 11 to two. It's, this is fairly competitive. As Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very competitive race, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally couldn't believe the price of one of these horses. Um, and it's not an isolated price with the Sports MacIver. It's, it's 66 to 1 with three other firms as well. Volatile Analyst is an absolutely huge price at 66 to 1. And um, I'm, I'm going to be backing him each way. Uh, I'll be happy to back him each way at 33 to 1 plus. Um, the case for him is quite simple. I mean, get the negatives out of the way. He's only beaten six horses. Uh, out of the last 65 he's faced and Keith Dalgleish cannot buy a winner uh, on flat or jumps but he's had a couple just touched off in photos recently and so I'm not that worried about that and you can make excuses for three of the last four volatile analysis performances because he's lost shoes on a couple of those occasions and he finished lame when we last saw him in the air gold cup but if this horse comes back to his course and distance Cammy's trophy win uh, after which he was rated 105. And they could have actually gone a bit higher there because the horse he beat Diligent Harry, um, he actually chinned him um, of heart in, a, in a photo and Diligent Harry was then rated 109 and he did that off level. So, mm. you know, he's got course and distance form. He stays further than you'll need in this testing ground. Um, you know, and he, like, he relishes the mud. Um, yeah, if he comes back to that March form... Um, He's just an absolutely huge price in a race where I don't really fancy him any. Volator Anna, this 66 one in the sports book at the time recording, is a better 33 to 1 plus. Huge tip from TC. Kev. That is a waller. <laughs> Kev, can you can you give us a win selection then? We've gone each way, Pope. Let's have a win selection from you. Yeah, no, look, I'm gonna stick with Art Power. Um disappointed with him a little bit. I know a few of us fancied him there for the champion sprint. And he, he, he you know, he's on the opposite side to where the winner came from, but he was a little bit disappointing even even on that side. But 
you know, I think the ground is is going to be just fine for him. Um, he's he's performed very well on soft ground before. God, I remember his I remember his damn absolutely sloshing through horrific ground a few times in Ireland, um, to win. She was a classy devil on her day, and um, yeah, look, I, 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 he's he's low mileage enough this season, and I'm hoping he can bounce back from whatever wasn't quite right at Ascot. And um, but in the past, when when he's dropped in class, he's tended to be a little bit deadly. And I'm hoping that'll be the case again here, um, despite his penalty. Okay, let's stick with you then, Kev, for the 130, the 10 furlong listed Philly State. Life of Dreams uh, is top of the market at five to two. Jim Crowley in the saddle for Charlie Appleby, with obviously the boys being over here at Keeneland. Um, Moon de Vega next best, four to one. Sweet Believer, four to one as well. Misty Dancer, eight to one. Um, you, you've just keep going hard in with the favourites here, Kevin. I keep teeing it up for you to suggest something else. So Not all of them. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I would suggest, you know, a bet 10, get 10 racing multiple. But after you laugh at me <laughs> the first time, <laughs> I won't go there. Um, go on. You fancy. Uh, sweet believer in something enticing in a box exacta would be for me, Vanessa, for sure. Um, Lovely. <laughs> no, uh, sweet believer. I mean, I'm trying to remember. Wasn't 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 one of the lads keen on her at Ascot, or am I getting mixed up? Um, she ran an absolute belter. She went she went missing. Like she progressed very well last season, and she had, they obviously had some issues with her um, in the first half of this season because she didn't reappear until um, finishing second at Bayside Boy, who, who's retiring to stud. We found out today. Um, Bayside yeah. Boy retiring to Bally Lynch. Um, ran a great race to finish second to him. That seemed improvement. It would have been natural to be a bit sceptical about it, I suppose, the nature of it. But she went off her revised mark in the Balmoral and ran up to it, and maybe even better again, finishing second to Shalir. Like that was a super run. I, I don't think 10 furlongs should be a problem. Um, I don't think the ground will be a problem. And I, like she seems to be improving. So I'm hoping that like, she's coming in here fresher than most third run of the season. And I'm hoping she can find a bit more improvement um, because she won't need to find loads to go and win. Um, so, yeah, I've found myself favouring her. OK, sweet believer at four to one. Um, TC, you in yeah, this race? I can see sweet believer. Um, I wasn't sure whether Adam Farragut has lost his claim or can't claim here because it's a list. Can't claim, I'd say, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, Sportsbook are playing four places here and sweet believers four to one. So... I think it's a rock solid each way bet. The one I, one I put up earlier in the week on Tuesday was Moon de Vega at 12s. Now she's cascaded down in price. She's now only four to one, and I wouldn't wouldn't play her at that. But I think she may well drift, especially on the exchange. And I just think if she comes back to the Cheshire Oaks form, where she finished third to fourth uh, of June and um, and above the curve, um, then I think she'll go very very close here. Um, Ran okay in the Oaks. Um, didn't do so well at Newcastle the next time, but she's had a break. She's come back to a cause that she's won out. She's got her ground. I actually looking at the looking at the Oaks. I think the mile two in deep ground could be our optimum conditions. Uh, I can see her outclassing these because like I, I actually I actually backed her and tipped her in the Oaks, and she actually led there at the two furlong marker. So. Yeah, Moon de Vega here. Uh, I'm not enamoured by the current price, but I think if she drifts to about six to one on the exchange win only, um, yeah, I think she's got loads going for her. Uh, I like her off a break as well. 
Okay, November handicap time, TC, and we'll stick with you. This is the 3.13 at Doncaster on Saturday. The one mile four is in here at the top of the market, three to one for Jim Crowley and the Gosden team. Uh, and it's a rinse and repeat job, isn't it, from last time out? Same conditions, course and distance again, uh, heavy ground again. And yeah, he's got the hike and the weights to contend with. But is it as simple as the market? Well, the market hasn't at the top. Uh, you you, you put it this way. You'd be, you'd be foolish to think that he's not going to go very, very close like, for the reasons you said. Um, but obviously the price is, is skinny enough now. Um, I, I think, again, I put up onto Victory earlier in the week, uh, but he's now a similar price and the Sportsbook fans six places here. So I think onto Victory, each way 20, six places in the Sportsbook is the way to go here. Seven pound lower when we're in this two years ago. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's obviously some way off the form he's shown when he was at half, one and a half length second to hook him at, uh, off levels at Goodwood last year. But He's come down to a mark of 92. Um, it was clearly a tee-up job for this race last time uh, behind try, say we'll make Tritonic at Goodwood. A mile four, deep ground is what he wants. He stays further than a mile four, but a mile four in really testing ground will be um, is what he wants. Alan King uh, earlier in the week wasn't particularly bullish, but I don't care what trainers say. Um, I'm willing to back my own judgment, and I have done onto victory each way 20 to 1, six places for the sports book. Okay, another another big price horse for TC. Uh, Kevin, you were actually grimacing at one point during TC talking. Then, what, what's wrong with oh, you? Uh, no, I was watching the race at Tarras. <laughs> 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 it was what uh, Joseph had one lead, had one with a clear lead over the last two and had a, had a good look at the last two, so that was the grimace. <laughs> Uh, Julie, Julie negotiated them anyway. Um, yeah, I, I thought Emmett Mullins might have the winner here. Um, there he's flying at the minute, um, both sides of the Irish Sea with, with the ones he's running. Um, and this is an interesting horse. He he came from Ken Condon and um he 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 was handicapped over hurdles and he, he won at um at the festival meeting there very well. And I'd say that's a mark that his revised mark will be one that Emmett would be looking forward to going to war with again. But after a little break, he ran him on the flat there at Leopardstown, and it was um, it was a it was his first run for eleven weeks, and he was weak in the betting, and he shaped like the run might just have been needed. And um, we we know what these guys are like, like they they they're, you know they will um, tee one up as the name would suggest, and and have a. a a target in mind and I wouldn't have been surprised now if they had this race in mind for him I'd say soft ground is important and they're getting it um, and I just thought it was interesting that I'd say you go back uh, you don't have to go back that far when Ken Condon trained him um, he won a, a good handicap at Galway off a of mark of 87 he's off 82 here you know having looked in, in, in great order at Galway a few months ago so um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if teed up end up shortening a little bit and, and going very well. Um, draw, you'd, you'd rather not be drawn 20, but um, hopefully um, Franny can buck him out and get reasonably handy and defy the draw. Okay, teed up for Emmett Mullins at 10s. Uh, let's do one race from Down Royal, the Labrooks Champion Chase. Down will bring you back in here. Um, Galvin is your even money favourite. Conflated next best for the same yard at five to two. Kenboy eleven to two. Envoy Allen, Jesus, seven to one. And Beacon Edge at twenties. Who do you fancy? Well, Galvin got beaten by fraud on last season, didn't he? In the same race, having I still have, have 
He's very good horse, isn't he, Galvin? I'm just not sure how good he is. I still think he was a bit flattered that day. Well, certainly compared to what Plutard did at Cheltenham when he beat him over Christmas. Um, I'm wondering if it might be a final um, hurrah for Kemboy at the bottom. We know he's a dodgy jumper, but he might be able to get loose to some extent on the lead. He, he basically had an obvious tune-up run the other day. He was running over the wrong trip against the stablemate Easy Game, who's been absolutely flying this summer. Yeah, 11-2, to two, I think it's absolute, absolutely fine. Not, not a great deal wrong with Galvin, except he might be slightly overrated by a pound or two. And if you judge him on the balance of his form, Ken Boy is, isn't that far behind him. Do you agree with that, Kev? Should there be that much of a price difference between him, Galvin and Ken Boy? Um, Probably not. But I'm going to go for the one in the middle of the two of them. I'm conflated. The rogue, the rogue that is conflated. Yeah, where is he though? Poor, I was poor thinking old, that. I poor know. Old conflated. You know, but people calling names, and I, th- I think he, he gets no credit because it it was such a surprise to everyone that that he won the, the Irish Gold Cup like he did. And you know, we talk about it all the time when you get surprised results like human nature. People don't want to believe they were that wrong. Um, yeah. And he struggles to get credit. Now, I would have made a right case for him had they run in the Gold Cup. The story was Gordon was mad keen to run the Gold Cup, but but Michael O'Leary overruled him and ran in the Ryanair. And in fairness, he was he was certainly going to be second to Alaho. And you know who knows how, how well he would have run. He was coming into it when he fell at the second last. He probably would have been a, a you know a, a well beaten second, but second all the same. And he went to Aintree and like Clandis Obo was a very good horse on his day away from Cheltenham certainly. And um and, and he ran him to a length with, with Kemboy well back in third. So like on this horse's day, and I I know like I, I spoke to Gordon last night for, for a stable tour at the races, and I, I just noticed him perking up a bit now when Conflated came up. Um he 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 feels he's, he came back in looking particularly strong. And I know that's a cliche, but he didn't say it about any other horse in the stable tour. Uh he, he seems particularly happy with him and um, and yeah, like, like I wouldn't be surprised to me. He's rated, he's the highest rated in this field. Um, I think his price is a bit, um, a bit dismissive um, of what he's done. And yeah, conflated for me. Okay, let's take a quick look at a couple of races over here in Keeneland for the Breeders' Cup on Saturday. TC, you have a view in the Breeders' Cup turf, 8.40 over here. Uh, oh no, over there, sorry. Um, what, who do you fancy? Um... Stone Age is currently trading around about nine to one on the exchange for the turf. And well, that was too big. Now, reading between the lines, it doesn't sound like stable confidence is high uh, about Stone Age or Broom. But um, I just think Stone Age has won two absolutely blinding races on his last two starts over a mile two. Now, I, you know, I get the point that he's disappointed in the derby and he's, come over to the States and being beaten in lesser races, but he ran an extraordinary good race with, with an overly aggressive ride in the Irish champion States, not beaten far. And then go back and have a look at the champion States at Ascot. And, you know, th- that was a much better race than this. And, he, you know, Ryan didn't throw the kitchen sink at him there. He, he didn't bottom him, him at all there. I and mean, he was only beaten three and a half, just over three lengths. And he was a massive drifter that day. I think he went off nearly 60 at Betfair SP. Now, um, I, I, and those come on was cutting the ground as well. I, I think an aggressive ride from stall three or, or on decent grounds, and I think he'll stay on mile four all day long, no matter what that Epsom disappointment was about, because 
he, he, he was keeping on coming back for more, even after at Leopardstown, and he was staying on well at Ascot as well. So, yeah, if he gets out, and there is pace pressure from install one and four, possibly, if Ryan can get him out in front, and he could take some pegging back there. I mean, I don't think it's a great race. Uh, you know, you have to respect the likes of Nation's Pride, etc. But, yeah, Stone Age for me, after those last two runs, I think nine to one is very big with a possible with a possible tactical angle from, from stall three as well. Yeah, I can, I can, I tipped him up on a previous show I was doing over here for the exact reasons that you've mentioned. I think due to his sort of um, form figures, he's kind of been overlooked in the market because everyone's kind of got quite overexcited about the two Godolphin horses in here. But um, it's not necessarily transferable form for Rebels Romance and Nation's Pride. I just, I'm not sure this is as good a race as it's been. And well, I'm pretty confident it's not as good a renewal as the of the Breeders' Cup that we've had in previous years. And yeah, Stone Age with that draw. I'm all aboard at 2TC. Uh, yeah. Phillies and Mares turf, Kevin. Nashua above the curve. I presume you've only put this in the running order because you want to tip up above the curve. That's just the wrong price, isn't she? <laughs> I mean, like, she's just, yeah. I mean, make your case, please. Well, look at the last, look at the last day at Longchamp. Like, she, she's finished a short head behind Nashua and probably... On another day, I'd be confident she would have finished in front of her. Um, the, the race was just a bit messy, and Ryan probably didn't get as forward as he as he would have if he had another crack at it. And um, she was going on at the line like she's improving with every run. And like I just think this setup will suit her well. I think she'll she'll zip around here. She's a big girl, but I think she'll zip around here just fine. She managed Chester. She managed Keeneland. Um, you know, draw has been kind. Um, she she's a pretty straightforward ride. She can just jump out there and be handy-ish. And um, yeah, like I just thought the differential between her and Nashua was remarkable, really. Um, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, like she's coming because she had a mid-season setback. Like she's coming here, um, she's coming here pretty fresh um, and going forward run to run. So yeah, hopefully she should run very well under Johnny V. And um, I, just very ahead. quickly, I did a, I did a, a there's a piece on betting dot bet for Ryan. He does, he obviously talks about all his rides on on Friday and Saturday, he made a point of saying that above the curve has got a good a chance as any in that race. And he included Nashua, Tuesday, and the form horses in that as well. So, yeah, I mean, reading between the lines, I think Ryan is, he wouldn't, I know he's on Tuesday and Tuesday's probably the form horse, but he wouldn't be entirely disappointed if he was on above the curve from what he, from well, what he was saying. Just before we leave this race, Kev, for all I am just taking the piss out of you, I I really found I I've been sort of banging on about above the curve whilst I've been over here, and every time I talk about her, I come back to um, my main concern being the track. And you've said there like she is a big girl, and you just said that she handled handled Chester really on the day. I just felt like like she lugs in a bit, and I don't know like is this really ah, that was that was that was nothing to do with Chester. That was just her being a bit. Bit green, I think the logging in. Um, I, I think she'd be fine. I don't think it'll be. I'd, I'd be surprised if we all came away from this race and said, "Oh God, yeah, the track was the problem there." Um, I, I think she'd be grand, but okay. time will tell. Um, and I just before we go, I'd also echo the, the the two of yours shout for Stone Age. I think it's the first time yeah. he's had a good draw in America. I think the trip was suit him really well, and yeah, I could see him running very well. Okay. And the final point on the Phillies and Mares turf, just from news on the ground here, guys, you know, I'm over here. Um, I've seen these horses every morning, obviously, and it's funny how, like, obviously it's a completely different way of training. But Nashua really 
she's been quite lit up by the whole situation. You know, this is chaotic mm. and there's horses everywhere. It's definitely not what she's been used to. She comes out with mischief every morning and every time anything comes past her, she's quite lit up, lit up. above the curves, wandered around here kind of on her own, all with Basil Martini, just like a queen, essentially. But anyway, um, let's move on. Last you can tell a lot by horses walking, I find. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for DC to mention I knew that to say was something. coming. I knew something was coming. What do you think it's shiny, Vanessa? <laughs> they look great. They look great. Okay. Um, I'm just saying, people might find that information interesting too soon. It, um, it, yeah. it certainly justifies your presence anyway, Vanessa. <laughs> it really does, doesn't it? Thank God Betfair aren't paying for me to be out here because my contributions so far have not been good enough. Um, I'm just classic, jealous, don't mind me. Yeah, the classic. We can't, uh, we can't leave without talking about flight line. Obviously, the red hot favourite for the classic. Does he just win, Kev? Um, I, I should have got myself host. a cardboard cutout for this bit. <laughs> Put it there. I'm gonna dump. Yeah, you, you kind of hope so, Vanessa. Just from a you know someone that I, you know American dirt racing wouldn't really be my cup of tea, as they say. But um, this horse does look remarkable. In fairness, um, like, and it's not one of those that's he's that he's not a freak. You know, he cost a million dollars. He he was he's he should be good. But he looks great, you know, a little bit like Baida York, you know, I think people were concerned himself. He was stepping up in trip last time and, um, you know, that was being used as a, as a question mark. You know, oh God, will he be as good over the trip? He's been so, so fast and so dominant over shorter. And he just went and was better again, you know, like he won by 20 lengths. Like it was, it was freakish, really. He, he does look a different type of horse. So I'm, hope, I'm hoping that he goes out and puts on a real show here. Um, because American racing could probably do with so you know good news story, a bit of a star. They haven't ruled out that he could come back next year, which would be a really punchy thing to do because he's 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 worth absolute billions. If you're interested in the bloodstock side, they're actually auctioning 2.5% in him there in the in the coming days, which will make absolute fortunes. Really, really interesting thing to do. Um, that's worth keeping an eye on. But yeah, Flightline, hope he puts on a show. Okay, uh, naps time. Uh, Dan, we better bring you back in because you haven't spoken in 20 minutes. I'm still um, conscious. I didn't, I didn't, nobody was alarmed. I was still here. Yeah. Um, who's your nap, please, for the weekend? Uh, next door to Alice's attempt. To, um, no, I'm going to go with third time lucky, please. Third time lucky. Oh? Held and go. Okay. Get the pain out of the way early on Friday. Yeah, well, I'm with you with my nap. That comes on Friday as well. Silver knot, please, in the juvenile turf. Bit unoriginal, but I'll take that. TC, what about you? Uh, on the basis we settle at Betfair SP, and I think she'll drift to a much more attractive price, Moon de Vega at Doncaster on Saturday. Okay, and Kev, final thing to you, nap? I'll go with Conflated at, uh, at Down oh. Royal, please, on Saturday. Okay, perfect. Guys, that has been a rattle through the weekend's action. Um, don't forget the bet 10, get 10 on racing multiples that offer with Betfair on Friday and Saturday. And uh, enjoy the weekend. Gamble responsibly. Don't, Join us. Don't forget to text us if any horses are walking particularly quickly. We'll get on. And, <laughs> and uh, what was I saying? I was in my flow there. Enjoy the responsible weekend. Gamble gambling. responsibly. Gamble responsibly. Join us again on Monday for Wade In. <laughs> <laughs>